Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Experience, where we're basically doing the Snyder Cut, a movie that that neither the two of us thought would actually happen. Yeah, uh, the the Zack Snyder cut of the of Justice League, a movie that came out like twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, basically, I, I made sure. Yeah, so it's it it was definitely one of those things that a lot of people were sort of uh, wanting after, uh, you know, the, the how how the Justice League movie came out being not very good at all. No good. No good. Yeah, so I mean. It is uh, one of the most surprising things about uh, the this whole situation, you know, like uh, that. Hey, that Zack Snyder was able to come back. He was able to uh, do his cut of Justice League, and and yeah, it's it's here, and, and they premiered it on HBO Max, and we've got to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it is four hours. Yeah, talk about a a, a uh, director's cut, I guess. But uh, yeah, uh, we're we're gonna be talking about it. We're gonna just sort of go through it, right? Yeah. Um, thoughts. Before that, we think we should talk about how you know we got here. You know, Zack Snyder was the original helm for a lot of DC films. So you know, Man of Steel all the way up to Joss Whedon's Justice League. That's how we're just gonna call it, the Joss Whedon's Justice League. And he was in the middle of filming that one, but um, sadly, um, things occurred where his daughter, Autumn, had uh, lost her life. She um, basically, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. She uh, took her own life, which is a tragedy in of itself. He wanted time alone. He wanted time to spend with his family, you know, focus on the, you know, what, you know, just be just be there for his family in this really dark time. And the the, the company, uh, Warner Brothers, the studio, brought in Joss Whedon, who we all know directed, you know, Avengers 1 and 2, to finish up the film. And, you know, once it came out, it was really not received well. And then, like, through talks and discussions, we found out what Zack Snyder originally wanted to do with the Justice League, what his vision was. And that got a lot of people to be like, we want to see his version because it's probably the best. You shouldn't, you know, take away the vision of of an artist, of, of a filmmaker, and we'll get to that kind of conversation later into the into um, this episode. That essentially, um, you know, that was the whole deal, and fans petitioned like crazy to see the, the Snyder cut, and I'm talking like, hey, um, let's get a billboard in Times Square to say restore the Snyder cut. And showed off during New York Comic Con, and I'm like, "Wow, you guys really went hard." And it's it's funny because like a lot of the stuff um, wasn't even, from my understanding at the time, wasn't even done, right? I mean, yeah, because the uh, yeah, the thing about it when you look into it, uh, Zach only had like essentially a lot of stuff was like. That he that that was filmed was, you know, yeah. like uh, a lot of the stuff that Zach was talking about was more concepts mm-hmm. that uh, weren't added in at the time, just because they had only barely like they were like maybe halfway through the film itself mm-hmm. before he had to leave. Yeah, and then the, then Joss Whedon came in and did a lot of reshoots. Um, 
you the reaches are very apparent in this film though. I uh, I mean yeah in in the in the Zack Snyder uh, cut uh, mm-hmm. there is a lot of reshoots but that's obviously because again. Well, like, I'm, I'm saying also just you can tell which one was Sweden's uh, cut. Oh, uh, I yeah. mean yeah, in the original yeah, you yeah. can definitely tell which ones were. But you can also tell which ones were reshoots in his in in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. And um, you want to blow your nose out? No, 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 no it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but yeah, just put that on there. Um, but you know, essentially that's what um that's what everyone was clamoring for. And when Joss Whedon had the time to basically talk about what his version was, what he wanted to do, and to the future, people were like, "Oh, this is what we want. This is what we. This sounds amazing. Let him finish and that kind of stuff." And we also had, and also the support of the actors themselves. So like, <clears throat> sorry, um, you know, Jason Momoa and Ray Fisher, Gal Gadot, all of them were supporting the. Um, the idea of the Snyder Cut, especially Ray Fisher, who felt like his character was underutilized. He blamed it a lot on, you know, Jeff Johns, who is like one of the be- one of the most well-known comic book writers in uh, in DC in, in the company, and Joss Whedon. And you know, Joss Whedon's been getting a lot of shit recently. Um, not saying it's undeserving, but you know, we it, it, it there is kind of a weird thing going on with the studio that you know i wish i could address but i'm not as knowledgeable as i would like to be to address them mm-hmm. that, you know i just have to put that out there that you know uh and you know once hbo released their you know hbo max they're like okay and this this, this is why i really think the snyder cut was made you know they're making a streaming service they're, they're gonna need you know people to come in and, and like Go in and purchase it, download it, and all that kind of stuff. And when it first came out, what was one of the big things that uh, they were marketing? Which is one from 1984. You know, that movie came out. They did they did good for a while, but, you know, a lot of people didn't like 1984. And they were like, okay, we're just not going to, you know, subscribe anymore. But Snyder Cut, when that comes back out, when it comes out, we're, we're all, we're all going to jump on that, right? Yeah, we're all going to jump on that. And... So now we're here talking about the Snyder Cut. So we have to talk about our thoughts on the film. Uh, once again, this movie... Well, it's funny because this movie was supposed to be like episodic, wasn't it? I think that was like... I think that was like one of the rumors going around. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, uh, when it comes to I guess it being episodic, I, I think I vaguely remember hearing... Yeah, the rumor is that it was going to be like that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was going to be... I mean, it was going to be released all in one, but it would be, like, cut up into, like, what, four episodes or something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be it would have been interesting, but... And I think they just stuck with just having it all be, like, together, which I think is probably for the best, because... Um, I don't know. It just feels weird to, like, take that film experience and then just cut it into what... And try to make it, like, mm-hmm. some weird, like, miniseries... Because it's maybe because I feel like not seeing like the film in its in that yeah cut like it would it'd be kind of weird to like try to cut it into like those basic chunks because it doesn't feel well, like there's a there are chapters in this movie where like you know you can go in and clearly pause like there are moments where like hey this is where we we started off you know the title called Don't Count in Batman and the next one is the Age of Heroes and da, 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 da. 
and they each take up 30 to an hour long. So, you you know, if you ever want to do bathroom breaks watching this movie, there you go. That's where it tells you to stop. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But, uh, I, I just don't like how specifically the screen to intermission, because usually intermissions are more than, like, two seconds. Cause True. Because it's, like, the title, and then we immediately just go into the next scene. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like with uh, The Hateful Eight. That one had an intermission. Mm-hmm. And so... We have to, we've watched it, um, and while we I wanted to do a quick episode, and we I felt like we had to take our time with it because it's so long, and there's a lot of stuff happening, and there's a lot of things to absorb before we can talk about it. And now we're here, and now we're gonna have to give our thoughts on the film. Joey, um, how about you start us off? Sex Snyder's just like yes, uh, this is. An interesting film, and I don't, and, and, and when I say interesting, I'm not, you know, trying to be like, oh, uh, he's going to say it's bad, because I don't think it's bad. This is, uh, I, I, I will say, I will say this, this is substantially a more better film than the original Justice League that came out in 2017. Like, in terms of just consistency uh, uh, and tone, it, it it works far better, mainly because you know it's all Zach essentially, mm-hmm. and the the sort of the Joss Whedon uh, cut, I guess we can call it, uh, it does feel a bit like a jumbled mess because obviously it's just two directors with essentially their own sort of takes on these characters and this world having to like coexist, and that's definitely like one of the biggest, uh, like failings of that movie. And here we don't really have that. We have Zach. Uh, it's full on Zach. Yeah, pretty much. It's just a lot of stuff that he wanted to do. And uh, granted, there is still like some areas. Like honestly, it's interesting because when you compare the two, at least because I feel like when we were watching it, I was always sort of just looking at like, okay, which parts were. I'm just like looking at all of these stuff. And it's like okay, so which parts were Zach stuff? Which parts were Whedon stuff? And obviously, you know, looking back. You can kind of tell which one is Whedon stuff, obviously, because you can clearly tell when it's Joss Whedon, it was always, like, a lot of quips and maybe some character bonding moments, I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe the occasional green screen, because obviously, uh, you know, they had to reshoot stuff. Here, it, it definitely seems like there's more of a consistent flow mm-hmm. to some scenes. Yeah. Although, uh, like you said earlier, uh, there are moments that are definitely, like... Uh, uh, reshoots essentially, yeah, cause because because they probably never filmed them. <laughs> yeah, because there's a scene. By the way, we're we're going full spoiler on this because everyone's at least seen it by now. It's been trending on Twitter like fucking three days now. Um, like there's, there's a scene with Wonder Woman where like she picks up the arrow that was fired, and like you can clearly tell, like I I, I knew something was weird about it. And you're like, no, that's a green screen background. Oh, that's all oh, that's built. The rest of it's green screen. Yeah, like this. I'm just like this is clearly just uh some there's just they're on a studio with green screen everywhere because uh the background just looks hella fake, and it's like uh, everything else around her is like obviously like probably built there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be fair, I think it makes uh, a lot of sense because again, Zach didn't fully finish filming the film. Mm-hmm. He like was halfway through it, and you know obviously had to leave. And that's sort of the thing, I think, when it, people were originally discussing a, a, a Zack Snyder cut, 
of the of Justice League is that, well, he can't possibly have, you can't possibly just make a Zack Snyder cut because a lot of it is, a lot of it wasn't filmed. You know, there was definitely a lot of key scenes that he didn't, wasn't able to film. But here, you know, there's a lot, they were able to do that. And I'm assuming uh, a lot of it, I think you can also kind of tell sometimes if it's a reshoot scene. Because I'm assuming they were doing reshoots of this movie still during last year, you know, when the whole pandemic hit. And there's oftentimes you can clearly tell there are characters that are, like, I guess supposed to be in the same room, but they're, the, the, they have a bit of a, a distance between them, I'm assuming because of, you know, trying to make sure everybody stayed safe. But, uh, yeah, I mean... What else? Uh, right, I think uh, something uh, to talk about is Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. who, of course, in the original, kind of looked like a bad PS3 boss villain. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did look pretty bad. And it didn't really have much of a personality, just other than must find mother boxes and uh, do all that stuff. And I definitely think that's like, Steppenwolf is like probably like one of the most improved, at least in terms of his role in the story and plot and and visual, because he does look a lot better now, uh, except for one area, and I'll discuss that uh, soon. Uh, and he does have a bit more of a character. A granted, bit. yeah. Granted, it's not like he's super deep and interesting. It's more like ah, uh, yes. A lot of people have been reading it as super deep and interesting, but I'm like. Not really. If you know the character he's like, working with, yeah, there ain't like, no deep in there. Yeah, like he, he, all his, his main motivation here is just, I want to make my, I want to like, you know, regain my honor essentially, to dark side, and you know, get these mother boxes and shit. And of course, uh, we we do get to see some dark side, although he's sort of a background character and like. Only does some things, so don't expect him to be doing like some weird like don't don't expect him to be doing some crazy stuff. I guess you could kind of see him much like a, a Thanos, if you will, uh, just sort of a background character that's sort of the real big boss. But I will the one thing about Steppenwolf that I did not like, and uh, uh, is oh no you 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 is, you've gone on yeah it, it's his armor. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like it. I like the people like the way it moves. The... No, no, don't get me wrong. That is kind. That is neat to look at. But I personally do not like it just because it looks so edgy. It looks like it's straight out of the nineties. Yeah, like this is a char- This is like a design you would see in like a nineties comic, which is like. I just, it just, I just, it's too many spikes. It just doesn't, mm-hmm. it just, it just looks too weird. Like, and it looks good in motion. Yeah. And I'm not saying this, you know, as a, to say, oh, the original was better. No. Like, the original Seven Wolf doesn't look good at all. Here, visually, at least in terms of like the detail and stuff, yeah, it looks good. But, like, the design wise of the armor is just why I made this joke where and there's a scene and there's a bunch of scenes where a lot of like the Amazonians just tackle him and I kept saying no they'd be dead 
they'd be I, dead from that tackle. Yeah, it's sort of like I mean, yeah, they would get you know hit. There's there's no way they couldn't touch a spike. Everything is spiky. It's like you're trying to touch a porcupine. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess in theory, you know, you could be like, well, maybe that's the reason why I wear it. No, he doesn't wear it like that. It obviously was is it was a design choice by the the art team, and it, and it just looks it doesn't look great. Like in all honesty, I would have preferred like a more comic accurate version of his costume because if you look into the comics and how he looks, he looks nothing like that no. at all. They made him more alien. Yeah, which I get the understanding of that, but it just, I don't know. Also, I think another design about Steppenwolf that I don't like is the fact he's weird fucking head. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Like. Because uh, everyone knows, like, it's weird, like, Spike goes, like, in, or, like a hammer or whatever. Having yeah, he, like. That's, like like you said, that in the comics, he's kind of more, looks more human. That's just the fucking helmet he has. He has, like, a normal head. Yeah, it's like, why is this a thing? I don't know. It's Zack Snyder's vision, man. I know, but it's it's definitely like an artistic choice that I'm just like, why? Um, also, the uh, another thing about this film that I, I guess is interesting mm-hmm. uh, design choice uh, was the aspect ratio. Yeah, there. Um, I think I, I'm try. I try to look up at why he did it, but I couldn't find the. I found one, but I haven't finished reading up in the article. Uh-huh. But it's a, it's 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 in a way he said it's in a way to respect the classic cinema. Okay, it's it is an interesting design choice. I won't uh, don't get me wrong, uh, because obviously there's tons of directors that like to film on certain uh, aspect ratios, aspect ratios, or like on actual. Because I know Quentin Tarantino, uh, at least for I think the Hateful Eight, he like filmed it on like actual film, film, not digital mm-hmm. film. Like actually rolling the thing up and everything, because he is sort of like a, you know, he he's he's a bit of a hipster, not a hipster, but like you know, uh, yeah, he's a hipster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, uh, and obviously Christopher Nolan loves IMAX. He always fucking films in IMAX no matter what. So he'll fucking like. Is it, there's a reason why he wanted people to go watch it in theaters. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why he wanted to watch it. People, you want to. Tenant in uh in theaters because tenet. Like, he's a tenet. Tenet. Yeah, sorry, uh, tenant in theaters because he's like IMAX is the way to experience this film. It must be experienced in the theater. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting uh thing to go with. I just don't think it like necessarily works in the this film, mm-hmm. just for the sheer fact that it like it feels like there's things outside of the screen that you want to see because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of moments where it seems like there's like you know vistas and stuff like that that would be good to see on a widescreen or just like a regular format and it, that's not the case mm-hmm. here i mean i guess like the aspect ratio does sort of enhance like various close-up scenes because it really sort of gets it makes it, it makes it feel as though you're like you know, with the characters and there's, there's close-ups, but I don't know. It's it, it it's like it works sometimes, but I feel like for the most part, it probably would have been better when, when if it was just. I regular. think the I think the problem is is that it's it's too close that whenever they try to do something large scale, like a huge like the the attacks they have at the nuclear plant or whatever, you you feel like you're missing something. Yeah, it's like you want to see like 
all of the battle, mm-hmm. but you're constrained into this regular mm-hmm. aspect ratio. Uh, this is so yeah, it's just it's a little odd, but I mean, when when it, it does work for certain scenes, but it doesn't work for other scenes. So mm-hmm. I admire it. I just feel like it probably would have been maybe better to mm-hmm. just go with a regular uh, aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I will say, I think for me, this film is, I think I mentioned this before to you when we were discussing it after mm-hmm. we finished watching it. it. It feels like Zack Snyder on a canvas. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like I, it's like I imagined Zack Snyder just painting and this is just like all him on the canvas. Like when you see Van Gogh, you know it's Van Gogh. Yeah. And when you see this, it definitely feels like a Zack Snyder film in all, you know, like with a lot of the positives and negatives that Zack Snyder films usually tend to have, you know, all the good that he does do, mm-hmm. and all the and, and and the various flaws that he has when it comes to uh listen, his own I didn't film need, style. and I'll talk about this in my in my take. I didn't need three different music videos. Yeah, yeah, that is a thing because sometimes when we get introduced to certain characters. We get like a a weird uh, we we get like uh, sort of like uh, music playing in the background as mm-hmm. they're doing things, and it's it's so like like it. I think it tries to be deep, but it's not as deep as it thinks it is because the songs are essentially matching what the characters are thinking, mm-hmm. and it it's kind of cheesy. <laughs> you were la- you were straight up laughing at the whole. Um... <clears throat> the the Aquaman scene where he's like walking down the the water and it's like uh whatever song that was about a king yeah and a king is uh, in the king in his kingdom and stuff and yeah. it's like oh I get oh I get it Aquaman's supposed to be the next king of Atlantis and he has his kingdom there oh and it's like <laughs> I don't we know we get it it's like I yeah we get it all right we don't you don't need to play a fucking pop song to tell us what the characters are essentially thinking or doing because it just i don't know it's like it it, it, like i said earlier it it tries to seem like it's kind of deep or whatever but it's not that like it's not very subtle no you're trying to pull up still do a jesus thing with superman yeah like when when he comes back and he has the black suit and stuff he he does do a bit of a you know sort of christ-like pose if you will and i'm just like god Damn it, Zach! I thought we were done with this. No, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's honestly, if there's one thing I I I found that uh, that's very interesting that I thought was a Zach edition but wasn't was a uh, uh when you know when Superman comes back, uh, he fights some of the Justice League because he just mm. sort of like you know doesn't know what he's doing, and uh, when he goes to Batman, you know it's he, he, in the original, he sort of grabs him by the neck. He's like, "Do you bleed?" Mm-hmm. You know, as a callback to Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's not in this film. So to me, that it, it makes me believe that, like, oh, so that wasn't a Zach thing. That was a Josh Whedon thing. That's interesting. Which I kind of missed. Though. It was kind of funny. And yeah, although I'm assuming part of the reason is just because it was one of obviously it was a reshoot and like. Superman's mm-hmm. like you know Henry Campbell didn't shave uh, his mm-hmm. mustache, 
So, uh, yeah, I'm guessing they didn't want to like show that again. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I think the biggest thing about this film for me, it's probably the biggest uh, like flaw mm-hmm. is the runtime. Yeah, it. We said this before. It did not need to be four freaking hours. Yeah, it is four hours long. This movie and it's there are a lot of moments in this film where I sort of like kind of go like we can just cut this Mm -hmm. in a sense like or we can just or I could just be like hey we can like maybe like you know stop it here and then continue to the next scene because yeah it 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 feels there's there are various moments that sort of just kind of go on just a bit of it too much. You know, it's sort of like okay, okay, I, 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 we, we get it. We don't need to stay on the scene for for an extra minute. All right, are we still, we're still here. Oh, 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 okay, all right. And there are other scenes that sort of like, is this necessary to the plot? Maybe uh, I don't know. You I could... think the biggest one for that, uh, one of the thing, one of the best examples for that is um, the opening scene with Aquaman, where we have these Scandinavian girls. I think they're Scandinavian. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Like as, like as soon as he's taking his like as soon as he takes his shirt off, they start singing like a a, a Scandinavian. I don't know. They start singing something, and it just they just stay on them singing and singing and singing. And I'm like, can we just cut? Yeah, it's 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 funny to me because Batman leaves as they're singing, and it's like okay, it's, we're following Batman, so we're probably gonna cut to the next scene. To, to, to something else happening, but no, we still stick on these women just singing, uh, you know, as Aquaman has left and stuff, and it's sort of like, wh- what, like I kind of, I kind of get what he, what what Zach was going for. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a Aquaman to these people is, you know, like a pretty, I guess, divine would be probably, or just like he's he's a. He's a, you know, super... He's kind of a god. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a god, and it's And if that's not what he's intended, I would say that it's kind of confusing because that's how it felt for me. Yeah, because it, it seems like this is, they're doing this to, like, worship him in a sense. Yeah. Right? And, you know, and it just kind of just goes on for a little bit too long. And I told you this, if they wanted to do that, if Zach wanted to keep that song, he could have just, like... Because the next scene was, like, you know, Martha can't... You know, railing at the loss of her son, you could just like cut to that while there were still, you know, see, diagen- what's it called? Diagenic, diagenic sounds? Well, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be necessarily diagenic because it's not, Martha's not hearing the song. Yeah. But yeah, you would, it would be in a neat editing thing to like have them sing and then slow fade into Martha with the song still playing. And as she's like, you know, yeah, that was like a Clark's song of worship to a song of like, like of sadness. Yeah, you know, like it'd be, it, it, it would probably also be interesting too, because I mean, Zach has always sort of like given like Jesus iconography to to Superman. Superman. So if his if his intent was to have Aquaman and these women singing to uh, singing. Uh, it's sort of like them like worshiping him, then transitioning that song into Martha can't like 
you still, you know, over Superman's grave as sort of uh you can still keep that sort of I guess godly connection between mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, that's that, I mean that it's an interesting thought process, but it also at least allows a bit more like like trimming the fat, mm-hmm. if you will. There was a lot of fat that needed to be trimmed. There's a lot of things that like did we really need that? Yeah, and there's especially stuff towards the end, like at the end of the film. We'll that's, get to that. That's you know like we really didn't need this. Why is this here? Uh, but yeah, that's sort of like I think my biggest thing is just sort of like it does feel like there's a lot of stuff that could be cut out, and I know probably some people are like, "Why would we cut this out?" You know, this is clearly you know like we want everything from Zach's vision or whatever. But it's like there comes a point when less is more. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie needed needed some of that because it because I feel like for me anyway it, 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 we were like just spending just a, an absurd amount of time on various things. And it does seem like we could have cut some of that out. Granted, yeah. uh I don't know, I think for me, at least some of the Barry stuff could have been, like, at least shortened down a little mm-hmm. bit. Because there are moments where it sort of indulges, uh, like, you know, just st- stays on stuff. Like, uh, when he's saving Iris, and he's just sort of staring at her face, it's sort of like... Kind of creepy. Well, yeah, it's kind of creepy, because I think... Does he touch her? No. Yeah, he does. Oh, okay, all right. Just remember, he's like, on the head. Yeah, okay. Like, it's a little freaking weird. Like, I feel like you could have just... Had him just see your face and then just cut to him grabbing the hot dog and stuff and then, you know, saving her. Because mm-hmm. th- there are moments just like that where it's sort of like... That's a cool scene. Yeah, like it's a cool scene, but like there's moments where it just sort of like we, we, we stay on something for a bit too long mm-hmm. that we, we could, you know, transition. We, we could just cut some of the... Just trim the fat a little bit and the scene will still be good, mm-hmm. but just, you know will have a bit more of a, you know, snappier face or whatever. I think the thing, I think the, the, I think what you're saying is, is 100% correct. Because one, you understand editing. You understand the importance of editing. You understand why certain things need to be done the way they are. It's kind of like the the reason why you really hated, um, you know, the Suicide Squad because the editing for that one was completely under shit. And why... You are still baffled at the whole scene where in Bohemian Rhapsody where it took like five different cuts just to see someone sit down. Which is like, why? Why why do we need that? You just needed one cut and that's it. Yeah. You're wasting film. Editing is is a bit of a process. Like, obviously you can have some wacky editing stuff to, to portray various tones and stuff, but when it comes to like wanting to... I, I, I sort of like admire editing when it's like you know when it's finely tuned and we only get crazy edits when there when there's meant to be sort of a crazy scene like if it's like a freaking like i like uh, looking uh, at some uh, i guess an example uh freaking uh saving private ryan the opening d-day scene it, there's a lot of chaos and like you know, fast edits and that stuff. 
and it's meant to, and you know, it's meant to, you know, evoke, evoke uh, the sense of like being on the shores of, of Normandy, seeing your buddies getting blown up and stuff, you know, the, the crazy uh, stuff that happens in war. So all that frantic editing and camera movement is sort of meant to evoke, evoke that. But when it's, but applying that to the Zack Snyder cut, like. We just stay on a lot of things for like almost to like a necessary degree, and I feel like when it comes to something like that, like you don't need like if you can still show what the scene is about without having some of those moments, then you can cut it, and that's how I sort of see editing where it's like if you don't need it, then just cut it. It's like it's not necessary, and mm-hmm. I guess. You could argue that it's it's meant to be more of a direct. It's meant to be sort of a you know the honest streaming services probably won't get like a DVD or Blu-ray release or whatever. I doubt that's not gonna happen. I mean, I it might happen, but I I feel like it would undermine uh probably the business model that uh Warner, trying to go for. Oh well, yeah, Warner Brothers is, yeah. is wanting to go for with this next slider cut in that. We want you to get our HBO Max service, so to watch Zack the Zack Snyder cut. Uh, we aren't putting it on Blu-ray. Why would we do that? That means that you're gonna just buy the Blu-ray and unsubscribe to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Although I guess to be fair, uh, Netflix has I think had have they put uh, they, they they put uh, I, I remember seeing the Daredevils uh, DVDs out there. Yeah, and I was gonna say Stranger Things probably. Yeah. yeah. yeah so it probably does happen, but like. Probably to the point where it's no longer a selling point mm-hmm. for 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 a show. That, that, that's if you that's if you're a real fan. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're a real fan who just like wants to just like it, on like I guess if if the, if the we didn't if you didn't have internet for a while, yeah, then yeah, you could just watch. You can't afford it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, that's sort of like I think the the thing with the Zack Snyder cut is just that. I feel like less is more, and that a lot of these scenes could have just been trimmed a little bit, mm-hmm. not fully like cut out. Because I feel like, for the most part, uh, there's only certain things in this film that I'm like that that doesn't need to be in the film. <laughs> why'd you put that in there? Yeah, like why'd you put that in there? Why? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, overall, I think the Zack Snyder cut is a. I feel like it's a superior version to the original. Mm-hmm. And that's what we people want. And Yeah, in the end, that's kind of, yeah, what people, a lot of people wanted. And, you know, and I kind of, it's kind of the thing that I kind of expected when we were discussing, at least sort of like, in previous episodes of like, our initial like, feelings before going into this and stuff. Like, sort mm-hmm. of like, I really, I you know, I, I hope it's at least better than the original. But, at the same time, I think we also discussed, like I kind we kind of for sort of uh, discussed about like, I f- you know I feel like this might be sort of what I kind of expect Zack Snyder to have done with the Justice League movie and yeah I I yeah. I, I do sort of mm-hmm. still have that stance of like okay yeah so this does feel like this feels exactly what I thought Zack Snyder would have done with the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's my turn. You basically took a lot of the, you took a lot of the filmmaking aspects of it. Well, yeah, and and I hundred percent agree with that. I think for me, 
and you're not. I mean, you're also right on the story. The story's a lot better. Uh, this is a lot better film. Um, there's clearly moments where you can tell there's a reshoot of stuff because maybe they needed to finish a lot of Zack Snyder stuff. Um, I'll say this: I feel like the characters are. Some characters are benefit more from this version than than the last one. Okay. I feel Cyborg and Flash definitely. Although I feel Cyborg, um, does better than um. Cyborg does better than 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 what he usually does in most of this. Uh, they give him a lot of more characters, a lot more stuff going around. They go into his backstory. Um, I I don't know about you, but as much as I liked um, Ray Fisher as Cyborg. There are moments where I feel like he was a little too whiny, and I get and I get his point. I get I get the reason why he is, but there there's there's a there's a moment where he does something really good, and I'm like I'm really happy for you. Um, personally, I feel like there would be a little more, in, there could be like you know some consequence to that, but you know, um, you told me like no, just it's it's like Bitcoin. You're, he's she's fine. <laughs> but, I know, but you know, I, and he does good, and I'm happy for him. But I always find it, but that scene always caught me off guard. Because he's doing it out in like the ra- out where everyone can see him in his he- robot head, and he's like not even hiding, which is weird because like throughout the whole movie he's hiding from himself, but he doesn't hide him. He d- that's that one time he doesn't hide from himself, and it's just really jarring, especially in the next scene where he's like, "Don't follow me, don't look for me, uh, fuck the world," even though he just helps someone out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a little odd. Uh, in a way, yeah. That, Which uh, is why I'm saying like it sounds a little more whiny because like if you cut that part out where he's like "fuck the world," I'd be like, "No, I get him." But the "fuck the world" is like, "No, dude, come on now." You just helped you. You just helped a poor woman who was about to get evicted from her house. How the fu- How do you go from that to saying "fuck the world"? I don't know. Uh, I guess you could argue that he's like the world's so messed up that like. Uh, then that- show us that, Zach. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I, I like, like, I don't know, like maybe Cyborg just like the world's like just so messed up that, yeah, it does feel weird because like, like if if Cyborg is, yeah, if yeah, Cyborg it, is meant to be the heart of the film, and I get it. I mean, but there's moments where I'm like, I don't know, I'm not really jiving with this kid, it, it, like I'm not really connecting with him. Yeah, like I think, uh, I guess when it came to Cyborg, it's it's more of like. And I kind of don't really get the idea of him being the heart of the film because, I guess, from my perspective, when it comes to like uh, some a character being the heart of the film, they're they're essentially the the character that like, I guess, in this sort of aspect of a team up movie, like they would be the character that would bring the team together. Mm-hmm. Like, not to bring in uh, the comparisons, but in the Avengers, the first one. Uh, it could be said that Agent Coulson was the heart of the film. He was the guy who, essentially, he's kind of like the audience. Yeah. He's a fanboy of these... Uh, My man gave Cap, like, the most cheesy-looking costume because he was like, yeah, but it's... it's I, it, I, I, you're Captain America. You gotta have the red, white, and the blue. It's, it looks right. and But everyone's like, no, Coulson, no. Well, yeah, I mean, he has the Captain America trading cards. You know, he wants them to sign them. And he's essentially like the like he's the most sort of like uh, mm-hmm. like supporter of like the Avengers mm-hmm. Initiative, and when he dies, you know that's sort of the moment where like essentially all the Avengers sort of rally together, mm-hmm. right? 
it's the it's the moment that like allows them to become a team mm-hmm. and we don't really have that in mm-hmm. anything if anything superman is more of the heart of the of the movie because he's the one that like sort of actually brings the team together batman re- is trying to recruit everybody for the justice league because he made a promise to superman to do so and you know when they're all together and they you know the mother box thing of like hey we need Superman. We gotta bring him back, mm-hmm. right? And no, don't get me wrong. There's moments of like where they talk to each other like a team, but I, I don't know. For me, it felt like it was really jarring because like there was no like, aside from like, common threat, there was no reason for um, there was there was no reason for them to like, stay together, to stay as a team. Like, okay, that's done. We're good. we'll wait for Dark. We'll wait, we'll wait for him when he comes out. <clears throat> but we'll keep getting in more people just in case. But you never, you you never see them like you know. You can never see them really go full team. Yeah, I get what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't sort of like a whole like, okay, from this day forth, we are the Justice League mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm not saying that Joss Whedon did it better. He didn't because like it's still the same thing in that situation. Yeah, it's still it's it uh, it, it ends the same way mm-hmm. in the original. Yeah, so like. It's it's a, yeah it's a slight little more improvement in the in the Zack side but you know it's it's not there yet and so like that that was always something for me Flash um he's a lot better in this um he gets to show off his school his uh, his more impressive speed force powers and especially towards the end when we're like oh no what's gonna happen oh time tra- well not time travel but you know Superman one Superman you know reverse time. Mm-hmm. Been, it's been not really, but you know, that's basically what happens. And it's essentially, you know, that's that's a really cool scene. That's, I really like him. You know, they don't latch onto him too long. You know, he 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 gets to be normal because I think the one problem with Sweden is that, and Josh Sweden, is that uh, he he let you know he tried to make him too funny, and it didn't really work. That being said, I'm really upset it took out one of my favorite scenes from the Josh Sweden cut, which when Superman and um freaking flash do a race and everyone's like oh that's cheesy but like no i love that scene though because that's the whole point of that it's supposed to be cheesy superman and flash racing that's a that's like a classic comic book thing yeah like it it it, it felt like it, it feels like a nice little like yeah you no. know like like not in like character building moment of like okay yeah you can see these people being friends and stuff mm-hmm. and you don't really get that moment here but I mean, at least they keep the moment where like Flash is running towards Superman and like Superman know it's like sees him. I will say I did kind of miss the music in that one. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't like you know mm-hmm. the music was different or whatever. Yeah, there wasn't as much music in that scene. Uh, speaking of music, I, Zach, I understand that you want to give. Uh, I understand Zach Snyder wants to like give these people their moments and and show off their how they feel. But making it all slow-mo with music is just not... No, it takes too much time. It's like you said, they needed to cut a lot of meat. And I feel like just, you know, just speeding those portions up wouldn't have hurt anybody. You just had to, like... But it's it's like you said, it's a staple of his. And he's going to do what he's going to do. But I feel like it was not needed. It just, it just wasn't. And, like, you know, I don't know why, but you can't make me fun of me. You can't make fun of me for it. But... The Wonder Woman music, I like her theme. Uh, they had a cool rendition in this one, but it was overplayed too damn much, in my opinion. 
Uh, yeah, because it was a, it was like a sort of like this whole like hi hi or something like that. Yeah, like ancient warrior woman chant. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. But don't play it every time she does something. Like, there's a moment where she discovers like the whole paintings of Dark Side and the mother boxes, and it's just and you hear like hey and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, uh, just just stop, just stop, please. Just do it when she's fighting. That's cool. And when she's fighting, when she's I'm really cool. That's cool. Except for that last time when she had to cut off Steppenwolf's head and do that stuff. Speaking of Steppenwolf, um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't like the outfit still. Like it's a, it's still a better one, but it, I don't like it because, like I said, it looks like just dogpiling him would just automatically mean to death. And you're like, oh, but that's you know, wouldn't you want that? Yeah, but how? Yeah. But that's still stupid. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, I guess the common consensus is that he looks more like a Doom, like, uh, like, something out of Doom rather than, like, uh, yeah. just, like, uh, Well, like when he doesn't have the armor on. Yeah, when he doesn't have the armor on, yeah, he does look like a Doom demon or whatever. Yeah. Because that scene where he gets, his, like, where he has his glowing eyes and it's just his head. It's like, oh, hey, there you go, look, it's, he looks like a Doom character monster. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he's a slightly better character. I don't want to say um, he's a way better character than anyone else is giving it credit for. No, he's still a pretty, you know, flat character. We just have a better motivation. Mm-hmm. That, but that doesn't always mean, you know, best thing. Um, Darkseid, I feel, was... <sighs> I'm a little disappointed with Darkseid. Mostly because, like, when I, when I read dark, comics with Darkseid... Darkseid is like this presence. He is literally a being of the multi... Kind of like a being of the multiverse. There's only one Darkseid in the entire multiverse. And I don't mean like each Darkseid, you know, each universe is a Darkseid. No, there is one Darkseid and he can traverse through the multiverse. And he's fucking everybody up. And like the cool thing about it is that he, he, like, he never really gets into the fight. You know, he always uses his Omega Beams. That's why they're so much of a staple. Because, like, whenever he actually gets into a hand-to-hand fight with someone, that's when you know it means business. He, and, I don't know, that, that whole, like, intro sequence of him, like, trying to take over the planet was, like, it's cool, I get it. But it's just, like, ah, man, I don't know. I always like Darkseid when he has, like, he just he's just, like, standing there with his hands tied behind his back. That's how, like, you know, holding his hands on his back with, like, you're beneath me, you know, and all that stuff. I don't know. That's just me personally. When it comes to my with my dark side, but you know he's he's okay. Um, don't I'm gonna say this to everyone right now. Don't expect like a Thanos level interpretation of him because like dark side is the quintessential must conquer the world. I am looking for the anti life equation because I need the anti life equation to you know take over the world because it's like the ultimate mind control ability. And yeah, and like. I'm surprised no one's like, no one has asked, "What's the anti-life equation?" Because like, I'm like, because they bring it up, and I'm like, "Oh, we're doing anti-life, anti-life equation. That's cool." Um, oh, we're not explaining it for the people who don't know what the fuck the anti-life equation is. All right, makes sense because I feel like this is mostly for DC fans. Yeah, I guess, and I, I will say this about Dark Side. Uh, it was trying to conquer Earth at the beginning, or or like the flashback. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it more that it's Dark Side and not Seven Wolf, because in oh, the yeah. original it's Seven Wolf, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, but here, 
the stark side also it's kind of like it's a little interesting because i feel like and i think i've seen people talk about this that it's like it's the the, the dark side we see is not like fully powered dark side or else we would have actually seen them using omega beams and stuff but uh yeah. i rather have full power dark side yeah but you know Sarah, did you think of learning no it's fine <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's just a, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think Darkseid is more or less just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Like, he's sort of, like, set dressing. Mm-hmm. Especially when you see, like, Granny Goodness, who, like, a lot of my friends were like, <gasps> they're adding Granny Goodness? Holy shit! Dude, she's just a CGI, like, no, she's not really there. Yeah, she just, yeah, she's just a CG mm-hmm. character. It doesn't even have a line. She, it's yeah. just that she's there to be there. Um, do you want to talk about Martian Manhunter? We can go into it a little bit because I think it's just I don't get why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is what I mean by trimming the fact because there's a lot of things that like, do we really need to know that Martian Manhunter is here? I know that was your plan, but like, I need you. Know, do we really need him to be here? because well, I think my problem with him is that. There's a there's a scene where because I think you said it before. Uh, that oh yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. I mentioned it um, where he's talking to uh, Lois Lane. Yeah, as Martha Kent. Yeah, as Martha. You know, to you know to allow her, to try to convince her to like you know keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, keep doing what you're doing, or whatever. Like don't like, you know, don't give up, don't give up, or whatever. And it's like you would think it's like oh this is a nice little heart to heart between her and uh, Ma Kent. But no, it turns out it was Martian Manhunter giving the pep talk because Martian Manhunter is actually uh, the general from the first Man of Steel movie. Yeah. Who's been just Martian Manhunter the entire time and is like, we need you, Lois. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, it, it, like you, you told me before that that was the original plan that he was supposed to be Martian Manhunter. And it's like, it's, that's dumb. And now seeing it on film, it's still dumb <laughs> and honestly yeah like you could have just for me it would have been just so much better to just mock in telling her that yeah because i was thinking is like the effect is still there but it the weight of it is no longer there it's more of like a see it's martian it was more he was martian manhunter yeah because oh. you because you go out you leave that scene being like oh my god it's martian manhunter and from a story perspective yeah it's cool but that kind of undermines the whole, like, Ma Kent and, you know, Lois Lane scene. Like, this is a this is a moment with two women, two of the most important women in Clark Kent's life, having a heart-to-heart, having a moment of, like, you know, of real levity, of real, you know, human stuff, you know. And then it's like, oh, it's Martian Manhunter. He's just telling her what she wanted to hear. Because he would probably do that because he can read minds. And it's just like, and you don't, and it, it it really takes it away from that great, from that was because that, that was a great scene, and it takes away from it because you don't leave saying, "Man, that was such a great scene with with Lois and Molly." You're like, "Holy shit, it's Martian Manhunter!" What? That's crazy. And I'm just like, "You just ruined it." <laughs> For me, it's more. I think it's more of like, imagine someone who doesn't know who Martian Manhunter is. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I see where you're and going. and. They get to this scene. It's like, oh, that's nice. And then sort of like, Ma Kent walks out the door. Her eyes turn red. It's like, what the fuck? Is this is this one of those parademon things? Is, is Lois in danger? It's like, 
No, it's a fucking green man in like a blue red suit, and he's like in a cape, in a cape, and he's like, "The world needs you, Lois." He, you know, he then turns into the general, like, "Who the fuck was that?" Okay, so it's funny you should say that because earlier I was lis- I was listening to someone's thought on the film because I like to sometimes hear you know if if I'm not the only one thinking of the same thing. This person who hasn't read a lot of comics was like, "Wait." You mean to tell me Ma Kent was always Martian Manhunter? And I'm like, no, no, no. She was never Martian Manhunter. <laughs> she- yeah, that, 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 sounds, that sounds about an uh, accurate thing. It's like, what do you mean she was always Martian Manhunter? Does that mean? Well, no. And she doesn't know who Martian Manhunter is. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I so your earlier statement about like this being probably made for DC fans might be true. Yeah, and. I'm guessing for DC fans, that's like a, a good for them. That's but good like, for them, but not good for people who never read a comic book. Yeah, and it's and and don't and don't try to be like, well, if they haven't read a fucking DC comic book, then why are they even watching? It's like, no, dude, like clearly, no, no gatekeeping here. Yeah, no gatekeeping here. Clearly, this movie wasn't like, you know, like advertised for DC fans alone, or else they would have put it on DC Universe or whatever. Well, that's no longer a thing. Well, if it was a thing still, they would have done that. Yeah. But no, it's on HBO Max, and it's a high selling point for people who wanted to see it, like mm-hmm. a new version of Justice League, which is probably a lot of people. And like, you could maybe argue that, like, yeah, but people know about like probably people might know Martian Manhunter is like, yeah, but Martian Manhunter is he's always been like a. A lesser, like a very not as popular character as the other members of the Justice League. Yeah. Also, uh, I guess we can transition into talking about the last scene he's in, which is yeah. sort of like, I think the ending of the film where. Okay, okay. Before I think before we go for any of that, um, I'll say this about a lot of the other characters; they're all done well. I feel like Diana, uh, Wonder Woman, is not as good here as she is in her own movies. I feel like she's a little held back. I don't know if it's because she's with other people or, like, the direction she was given. There were often times where I'm like, I feel like she needed to redo re- that line again. Like, the, like I was talking to you about this. I don't think Gal Gadot, I don't know if it's her accent or just the way she performed that scene. When she's um giving us the story of, like, the, the world of men coming together and stuff, I think that, uh, that was, that was, like, she, she's not a good voice actor. Yeah, you wouldn't see Gal Gadot narrating a nature documentary. I'll no, tell you that much. No, it just it takes the life out of it. Yeah, it it's it, it kind of felt like she was just reading stuff that uh, and saying things that she didn't like necessarily like. She's like, mm-hmm. it's, it was more like she was kind of like just reading it, just like off the paper, mm-hmm. like not like doing much to like I guess. Uh, yeah elevator or whatever mm-hmm. and then i guess the people who are like record because this definitely feels if i feel like what might have happened is that this was probably during covid mm-hmm. and it, well it's, it's like in 2020 mm-hmm. and they just had her just like listen gal i need you to get into your closet and just read these lines because mm-hmm. we, we, we we can't get you into the studio or a sound booth or whatever mm-hmm. that's kind of what it felt like yeah but yeah uh yeah, I, I kind of, I guess, I kind of like get. I kind of agree that uh, Wonder Woman doesn't like. I think the only thing she does get is sort of like Steppenwolf, sort of like egging her on. Is like you abandoned your Amazonian family, and you weren't even there to protect them. And I, I think she, she try, he tries to like goad her into like thinking that he killed mm-hmm. uh, Hippolyta, 
But he didn't, obviously. No. He's just doing it just to fuck with her. No. But, yeah. I mean, that's, like, probably the only, like, interesting thing they do with Atlanta. Yeah. But besides that... I mean, she's still oh. pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, she's still like, cool stuff. Batman's a lot better. He's more useful. Flash is a lot more useful. Bat- Batman's a lot better because it- we see a happier Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, he does seem like a, he, he seems more put together. Uh, probably because this is before all that crazy shit that happened to him. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Flash is a lot better. Cyborg is a lot better. Aquaman, I feel like it's a weird state because we had the Aquaman movie come out. And, like, you can clearly tell there's a lot of redone from that version. Like, there's a lot of elements of Aquaman in this film that don't carry over. No, Amber Heard's uh, British accent is left there and will always be there. Oh, so she only had it in this film. Yes. Okay. And obviously, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's character has this, like, fucking long-ass hair. But obviously, in Aquaman, it's more shortened. Yeah, because the long hair makes him look like he's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like he's the crazy mentor, like you told me. Yeah, when like he looks like a crazy mentor here, but in the Aquaman movie, he's a bit more refined and, mm-hmm. and wise and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Also, a lot of color was added more, and also, I forgot to I forgot we didn't I forgot we didn't I didn't about this and the fact that we didn't notice it when we were watching it. <clears throat> Amber Heard talks about her parents dying, but in the movie, her dad's alive. Oh yeah, she mentions that like. Aquaman's mom raised her as one of her own. Yeah. But in the movie, her dad in is... In the Aquaman movie, her dad's alive. And, he's, and it's... And it's uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. It's, it's Cal Drago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, you know... Yeah, it definitely... Yeah, those, that's that's super interesting. Yeah. Knowing that, because... I guess it, 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 is, it is evocative of, like... The changes that the studio has made. This, yeah, that the studio has made in mm-hmm. terms of, like, going forward uh, with these movies. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, we'll talk a little bit more about, like, how I feel. About the studio being involved? Uh, Kind of, but more so of uh, what the future might hold. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And, and, you know, just to, I guess, uh, I'm trying to think of what else to say. Yeah, this is yeah. Basically, it's all my thoughts on it. It's 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 it's. There's a lot of problems that I have with this movie. I don't think it's as perfect as everyone else was saying, but you know, it's it's still there. It's it's still a good movie, but I don't think it's as as, as it's an, it's as crazy good as everyone else says. Um, do you want to talk about the nightmare scenes? Oh, but also, this movie needs doesn't need to be like like fucking Return of the King with all those goddamn endings. It's like three kind well there's like four kind of endings and they take too damn long yeah it it it, it, it is a bit odd mm-hmm. uh obviously we have uh sort of i guess the initial ending mm-hmm. where it's superman where it's all the sort of team members sort of like doing mm-hmm. their own things and stuff superman you know pulling out the yeah the everyone's, everyone's like we're gonna be heroes now and the only difference is that you know cyborg's dad dies in the film he's self-sacrificed even though i feel like kind of didn't need to sacrifice yourself yeah i I think that's like one of the things i think i liked uh in the jaws version yeah is that his dad's still alive and also like you know in cyborg's epilogue in that movie like he gets his og look Mm -hmm. here he still has you know he still looks he doesn't change his look Mm -hmm. and and that's like the only thing that i kind of i'm like come on it it would be kind of cool if he at least 
still got his OG look, especially, but you know, it's it's whatever, it's fine. Uh, then we get the a slightly better version of the Lex Luthor scene. Yeah, because in the original, this was a the, a scene, kind of an after credit scene, mm-hmm. uh, where Lex Luthor escapes from uh, Arkham Asylum, uh, meets up with uh, uh, Deathstroke. In in the original, he's like, "Listen, I'm putting putting a team together." Yeah, he's like, "We'll build a league of our own," right? And, and you're like, "No." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's meant to be uh, a reference to mm-hmm. the Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. right? And it's like okay i guess but in this film it's more of like you know i want to get back at batman or whatever oh deathstroke yeah like deathstroke's more or less here like i heard you have information on batman i want to you know mm-hmm. get get and he basically tells him like it's Bruce Wayne. yeah that oh yeah by the way uh bruce wayne is who you're looking for and it's like all right then <laughs> all right let's celebrate yeah and a lot of people say like oh this is a better um Lex Luthor than in the last MBVS. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's I don't I don't get that because it's exactly the same fucking acting as Batman v Superman. I don't understand why you even think it's a better version. People have said it's a better version. Well, Mostly because of certain certain lines, like he's like good boy, like he's talking down to him, but I'm like, but he still sounds like he's scared as shit of him. He's it's still Mark Zuckerberg being a weird supervillain. Yeah, he, it's like he's trying to be a mix of, he's trying to be, like, intimidating, like, the one in the animated series, like, the Superman animated series, but he's trying to be, like, Gene Hackman in the classic Superman movies. I still think it, it's, it seems more like he's just, he's still acting like Mark Zuckerberg from The Social Network. <laughs> no, but, see, but that one at least was more intimidating, because he will talk down to you. Okay. But in any case, that's sort of how that scene goes. And then we get the nightmare scene, which, to be perfectly honest, when we saw, like, the trailers talking about this, showing off this scene, I legit thought that this movie, the only reason it was four fucking hours was that the the nightmare scenario does happen halfway through the scene, halfway through the movie. And it's about, and we connect it back to Barry going back in time, telling... Bruce that Lois is the key, and and Bruce remembering now knowing that has Lois Lane there to help mm-hmm. you know bring Superman you know rein him in or whatever, but no it's once again a nightmare dream where it's just Batman and a bunch of other characters. It was Mira, Cyborg, Flash, Deathstroke, and Joker. Yeah, and essentially, sort of like going on about like how they need to do this plan to you know mm-hmm. save. You know, you know, do the whole time travel thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's sort of a just a long sort of, uh, I guess conversation between Joker and Batman. Joker being sort of like, you know, like you're the reason why all this shit happens. You lost your father. You lost your mother. You lost the adopted son. And da 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 da. And Batman's like, shut the fuck up, Joker. I will kill you. Yeah, Harley. I made a promise to Harley Quinn. If I were to kill you, I would do it nice and slow. Yeah, and I'm just like, can I just move on? I I am sorely disappointed because they they obviously use this as part of the marketing. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the movie. It it's 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 you're talking about the we live in a society. Line? Yeah, the, the the thing that blew up the internet is not in the movie. 
obviously, because at this, because it's just a marketing tool at this point mm-hmm. for that. But yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I think some people were saying that Jared Little did a decent Joker here, but I don't. I, he he still like listen. No. I feel like people say that, but in their hearts, in their heart of hearts, they know that like. It would have been so cool if it was Joaquin, though. If it was Joaquin Phoenix in here, though. Oh, my God. That would have been hype. But it's like, okay, Jared Leto, you're doing your best. It's like, okay, Jared. All right. Pat you on the back. You you did a decent job. All right. You know, here's a participation trophy. You know, you you did. It's weird because we were talking about this while we were watching the movies. Like, he's trying to do, like, every other Joker. Like, he's, like, like... I feel like Jared Leto knew that this scene was the only thing he was getting. So he just, like, tried his fucking, like, hardest to, like, be like, see, I can be a good Joker, guys. And it's like, I mean, it was all right. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not Mark Hamill or anything, but it was okay. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm just reminded of the South Park episode, you know, with Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, you're all right, but you're not, like, uh, you're not DiCaprio or anything. <laughs> But you know, yeah. Oh, but you were you hated the way that those scenes were cut. Well, it's not less cut, but more shot because there's like moments where like they they intentionally like out of focus Joker and stuff, and like and various other like weird like camera angles and stuff, and it's like, okay, I get it. The Joker is insane, and you know you're trying to convey that through visual language, in that. He's just a crazy person, so you you'll do these weird, like off-putting things to show that he's a crazy person. But but is it necessary though? Do we really need that? Do I don't. We, think... Do we really need this long-ass conversation between two when they're trying to get to a certain place and everyone else is just watching him being stupid? Especially because yeah, especially because it's like listen, we can't be out here too long, or else Superman's gonna find us and kill us all. God damn it, Joker! It's like, and then like when the conversation fucking ends, it's like he knows we're here now, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, that that's what happens when we let the Joker just monologue for a while. Mm-hmm. Even Deathstroke's like, "Are you sure we should have brought him?" Like, what do you think? Oh no, we know what you think. Well, then why did you bring him here? Yeah, it's it's just all kinds of, and and obviously the worst part of it is, of course, that it's another fucking dream. It's a, it's a dream. It's a nightmare thing. Batman fucking wakes up and has that nightmare. And then he goes outside to talk to Martian Manhunter. And Martian Manhunter's like, I'm going to join your team now. Yeah, and he's like, I've been in the shadows for too long, watching from the distance. But now I feel like it's necessary that I join you guys. And he's like, oh. And Batman is just sort of just like, uh. Okay. Okay, uh, this is a little awkward. But yeah, sure, I guess we'll. we'll and I'm just like, you. God damn it, John, were you just that useless? Yeah, because that's the uh, thing about it, right? It's like. You mean to tell me, like, the whole Martian Man or anything, it's like, yeah. you mean to tell me he's been here just sort of, like, hanging out for so long that he could have intervened in any sort of way during the events of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, any of those times he could have just showed up. But he didn't because he just didn't feel like it? That makes him an asshole. Yeah. Like, that's my biggest problem with the whole Martian Manhunter reveal, is that it implies that Martian Manhunter has been here, just just hanging out on Earth for no reason other than just to hang out. 
And and they don't even give a good explanation or anything either. Like they could have maybe have said like I wanted to keep myself hidden because I didn't know, you know, if it was safe for me to do these things, right? But at the same time, that's also just a shitty like excuse anyway because he's Martian Manor. He can just change into whoever he fucking feels like. So like if he like if it was like a problem of him being like, oh, I'm a general in the army, I can't just be going around doing this stuff. It's like, yeah, but like. Couldn't you just like you can just no you one's just, gonna you know. You can just go into the men's restroom, change it to some other, change it to the fucking janitor, come out, walk out, and then fly out. Yeah, you can just transform yourself into a janitor. Yeah, you can just transform, not even like change outfits, just change change into that dude because he because <laughs> it's that's his power. Yeah, like I don't know. It's just that's my only like that's the biggest problem with the Martian Manor reveal. Like it it just doesn't like make. Any sense, it, it means nothing. Yeah. It's it's just there to be like, oh my god, it's Martian Manhunter. And that's about it. And it was even worse, there was another nightmare, sequ- nightmare scene early in the film when they were trying to bring back Superman. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, everyone's like, oh, that's cool. We can, this is what Zex wants to do. And I'm like, but wait, we never addressed that again. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's Cyborg seeing it. Yeah. And he's sort of like, and he's sort of like, no, we can't do that. And then, you know, yeah, Flash does it anyway. Uh, but I think it's more like it's a it's an I, I don't I don't think this is necessarily like a oh this is what we're gonna see from Zach or whatever we're gonna get this is how the nightmare is gonna be or whatever it's more like this is a potential future kind of thing because mm-hmm. I always felt like the nightmare scenes in general were more like they weren't gonna make those into it their own movie it was more like this is these are the stakes this is the this is the bad end. Mm-hmm. And essentially, these characters are doing their best to prevent that end. Mm-hmm. You 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 didn't get enough, you know, points to to woo the woo that character. You you get the bad end. He kills you. And that's a reference to all the games that he probably never played. But anyways, um, it 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 really bothered me. Like because like they keep nodding out the fact of like the nightmare sequences. But they don't do anything. Like like Batman talks about seeing Barry time travel or whatever, but that that leads to nothing. And then like, you know, Cyborg has a vision, but he never brings it up. Yeah. They still go. They, it still goes on, and I'm like, but why? You 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 saw something. You clearly need to address it. Something happened, but you know, I guess it doesn't matter. But anyways, um, yeah. So let's talk about the differences in the film. Uh, that we probably won't be on that for long. Yeah, because I feel like for the most part we've kind of already been bringing them up yeah. just naturally. But yeah, like obviously I think probably the bigger difference is that uh, the the original had a lot more comedic bits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And not to say some of those were bad, because like there's still some aspects about it in the Joss Whedon cut that made sense. Like Lois Lane showing up to Superman was at convenience. While it is implied in the Sweden cut that Batman always had her in the background, be like, "Okay, if anything goes wrong, we'd send out Lois." That's why. That's why Flash was like, you know, Lois is the key. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, yeah, it dumbs down the whole post, the whole idea of Lois is the key, but also like, it makes sense that Batman would have her in the back, would have her as a backup. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think maybe one of the other scenes that I thought was kind of uh, that they cut out, well, that was in the Joss, you know, the original, 
uh, was a, uh, I guess, uh, Aquaman uh, just sitting on the lasso of truth and just sort of like, you know, spilling out his, uh, what, he, what he's thinking and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I remember I liking that scene just because it's sort of like one because I think that whole that whole scene in general was just them trying to like, well, we could die. Yeah, you know, like yeah, you know, this could be it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it sort of seemed that I, I think would have been neat, but I, I get, I get why it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't blame Joss. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, we can all say he can be a shitty, per- he's a, he might be a shitty person, or is, or isn't, whatever. But like, I don't blame him for the stuff that happened. No, because I think the main issues when it came to. Uh, what happened with Justice League is more so on the on Warner Brothers themselves and not necessarily Joss mm-hmm. Whedon. I mean, clearly, like uh, when we talk about the opening of this, like the openings are different, obviously. Uh, uh, Superman it, it, in this movie, it starts on Superman's death and like his fucking echoes just activate the litter boxes or whatever. But I don't get why they would activate because of original all right then okay yeah but uh in 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 the original it's more like it's sort of a somber moment you know where everybody's mourning the death of superman and in that we see the just uh a, a homeless man with a sign i tried and a lot of people i think especially uh, uh, at the time and i think even now sort of like see that as sort of like joss trying to tell the audience listen i tried my best with this I tried to do as much as I could with the stuff I had, and this I I I'm sorry. <laughs> I I suck at this. You know, well, not necessarily that, but like it's it's more of like it it feels like when you when we talk about the original Justice being like a a conflict of two different visions, it, it's more or less true, and and I think just part of it just has to do with just the studio itself, mm-hmm. like realistically. If the studio really wanted to, they could have just either stopped production, waited for Zach to come back, or, you know, like... Uh, had Whedon follow the whole plan. Yeah, had just Whedon come in but follow what Zach wanted. But I think, because, like, understanding the circumstances of uh, Warner Brothers at the time, like, obviously they were, like, just the start of the film when uh, Batman v Superman came out. And Warner Brothers saw that the mixed reception of Batman v Superman and how everybody was saying it was bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were in a bit of a panic. They were like, listen, jo- listen, Snack, we can't have you be doing Batman v Superman here for Justice League. All right, we need to, like, we need to, like, fix some, some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they tried their best. And, of course, uh, when Zack's uh, daughter, uh, you know, took her life, he sort of stepped back. And Warner Brothers sort of, like, uh, you know, they were just like, they sort of, I guess, I guess saw this as a bit of an opportunity of like, okay, maybe from here we can make Justice League and turn work. it, yeah, like, maybe we can make this work better. We'll get Josh Sweden. He made the Avengers movies after all. So clearly he knows how to do something like this. And uh, they just try to like, you know, change the film into something that they thought would be marketable and good. And uh, it turned out to be none of those things. No. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like when people sort of like try to uh, like trash Joss Whedon for at least ruining Justice League, I feel like it's more emblematic of the studio, the studio being the real sort of because I think it's the studio that asked for it to be a certain length, right? 
Yeah, it was the studio that pretty much told Josh. Uh, Don't make it four hours. Well, no, not even make it four hours. Like, keep it under two hours, which is like, and you and you know, it's sort of like, like why though? Because mm-hmm. most of these sort of you know big superhero films are at least two, like, are at least at the two hour mark or more, mm-hmm. right? Like heck, like probably two hours and thirty minutes at at the, like on average, mm-hmm. like so. Yeah, the fact that like they wanted to keep it under two hours is just so, like I guess limiting, especially mm-hmm. for like a, a movie that's supposed to be like a team up movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it, it's definitely Warner Brothers, like sort of like mm-hmm. I guess fault on the reasons as to why the Justice League movie, the original. Uh, just came out the way it did, mm-hmm. and you know, seeing Zach's vision of it and like his sort of, I guess, you know, magnum opus, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, it's it's interesting, and uh, I mean, it, I think I think the, the the issue that a lot of people are saying like you should let the artist do what he wants to do. It's their vision. This, this, and that. The studio should never be involved. We have seen that argument fall and be supported so many times, especially in the film business. Because a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, a lot of the stuff that people hate in the prequels, the the Star Wars prequel movies, were all George Lucas. No one said no to that man. Yeah, the studio didn't tell George Lucas to uh, put Jar Jar Binks in there. Uh, friggin... George Lucas was literally saying Jar Jar is the key to all of this. Yeah. Like, uh, so there's, like, it's understandable why people have that opinion mm-hmm. of, like, just let the artist do what the artist does in this film. Like, just let the director just have whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But filmmaking is is a bit of a compromise. Like, there's just going to be moments that you're not going to get what you want. Whether it's you thought you were going to get like a, some shots of a sunny day, but it turns out the weather's rainy and you're just not going to be able to get that shot anymore. So you got to rewrite some things and like do things here. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest compromise of all is of course the director with the studio, the studio is only going to give so much money before, you know, they have to be like, mm-hmm. no, we can't do that because especially when it comes to these blockbuster movies, because Essentially, there's so much on the line with these movies when it comes to like marketing them and the budgets that, yeah, like they're gonna a lot of these studios are gonna be like, listen, we can't be doing X, Y, and Z. All right, we listen, save the artistic vision on a smaller budget film. All right, we need to make sure this movie fucking sells. And because it's it's all about returns. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, Warner Brothers wanted Man of Steel to make a billion dollars, and when it didn't, they're like. Uh, put Batman in. That'll that'll fucking make us some money. And <laughs> I mean, you know, they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong, but it, it also turned out to be a very not very good film. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like that. Like I get the i the 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 I get the the want of like something like that. And I will say like I I. I respect Zach for being able to like get essentially a second chance at making this film Mm -hmm. because most, I guess directors don't usually get that chance either because they're fine with the end product or like 
you know, there's no way they'll ever get that chance again. Mm -hmm. It's like, like, I think another good example is, um, what's his name? Who made Ben Forstick? Josh Trank. Yeah, Josh Trank. That man did not want to compromise at all. Well, yeah, I mean, the studio, uh, in a sense, was, you know, definitely, like, cutting back on some of this stuff, and he was not very happy about it. And it was sort of a, it became sort of a conflict of interests, and that made Fan Forstick the way it was. And I know some people are like, maybe bring back the Trank cut, but obviously I think Josh Trank is a bit more, no, I don't want to work on big budget films anymore. Not after that experience. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go back to indie films, which, you know, power to him. I'm going to let him do what makes him happy, but. Mm. Love to hear the experience for everybody was really bad in that movie. That's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one wants to go back and try to make that movie work again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, like, on the whole, uh, I respect Zach in in, in that, like, it was neat to see his artistic vision in a way. Yeah. But there is a set, for me, I feel like there's a sense of, like, we could have cut some things, though. This this doesn't need to be, like, a four-hour fucking We we probably didn't need the whole Martian Manhunter stuff. We didn't need the nightmare sequences stuff. Like, if uh, if anything, I feel like the Martian Manhunter thing would have worked better if it cut out uh, Martha, like, him being Martha and talking to Lois. Right, if it just if that scene had just ended with Martha Kent giving the advice and cut to the next scene, uh, without showing that she was Mar- uh, uh, Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. not only does that make that scene better, it also just like when when Martian Manhunter shows up at the end, it's sort of like, oh my god, it's Martian Manhunter, you know. We still have both of those reactions. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're now placed in two separate parts, so that way you can have the oh, that's a nice moment between Martha. Ken and uh, Lois, and at the end, wow, Martian Manor's here. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, and it doesn't make him seem like an asshole. Yeah, like this time it could be like more like, you know, I didn't, you know, I just came to Earth. I've, I've heard about what you guys have done, and I want to join. I think I think you're gonna need a lot of help, and I'm here to help. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's all it needed, and like not and like you know going back to the whole artists and you know compromise and everything. We, I think a lot of people need to realize that sometimes, you know, studios have a point. Because, like, a lot of people don't know about, like, guys like Gary Kurtz, who basically made sure that the Star Wars, the original trilogy, became a thing. He was the one who helped. And often, and you can read about, you know, fights between him and George over what should be put in the film and what shouldn't. And, you know, a lot of those are interesting to read. And, like, I remember one time Carrie Fisher was talking about, like, whenever those two fought, it was, like, like, you didn't want to see them fight because it was, like, mom and dad fighting. Yeah. So it's, like, that kind of stuff. Now, being said, I think, yeah, part of this is on the fall of the studio. And also, I wish the stu- – and also, you kind of have to give the studio credit and make it – not give the credit, credit, but understand where they were. They couldn't, they couldn't risk another financial failure. You don't want that. And as and you can make Zack Snyder could have made his movie, but they would have been like, okay, just cut, you know, can you cut this part off, you know, this, this, and that. We don't really need that kind of scene. It's like we we can put this in the deleted scenes, all right. We we can put this in the Blu-ray, yeah. all right. <laughs> we'll make a director's cut, all right. It's mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, I think even then, when we talk about stuff like that and about compromise, it's like fucking Star Wars fans get so goddamn annoyed whenever george adds shit into the original trilogy because mm-hmm. it's like it's perfect as it is but i want to put this rock in front of me 
R2D2 uh, in, when he's uh, on Tatooine. So it's, uh, it's part of my artistic vision. So, like, there's clearly, like, examples of, mm-hmm. like, even the audience being like, all right, that's a bit too far. We don't need to go back to these films and then retro and change the scenes scenes George but it's my artistic vision bro but yeah but it's 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 a it's a a, I think it's a complex issue Mm -hmm. and that and I feel like audiences especially uh, I guess uh, these DC fans that really wanted the Snyder Cut and want more stuff like it Mm -hmm. that like filmmaking is a compromise art is honestly compromised because there's sometimes when like even like artists like painters and stuff will just like have to like realize that okay this didn't come out exactly like I wanted but it's just gonna be like too much time like there trying was to make it there better. was an interesting story about Michelangelo and how he was upset that he signed one of his statues because like he ended up it's not that he ended up not liking it but he ended up like seeing the flaws and not really enjoying it as much. And he kind of ha- he's kind of upset that he put his name on it, which yeah. is why he doesn't sign a lot of stuff. Yeah. Michelangelo, you know, the, the the one of the greatest artists in history, was like he. That's why you know he was upset with 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 something he did. I mean, yeah, I mean that's all artists in a way. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 are their biggest critics in, in themselves, and yeah. they're like, I could have done that better, yeah. <laughs> right? So like, and if we were to like let various filmmakers just go back to their films and be like, you know, let's just you know. You know, yeah. do that stuff. It's there's a lot of art that I've done that I'm like, man, I wish I could went back and done that better. Yeah, but I guess the beauty, I guess, in filmmaking sometimes is just sort of like what they do when things don't mm-hmm. go their way. Yeah. And just just because a lot of people have been talking about it, a lot of people are saying they should restore the Snyderverse. Uh, what do you think about that, Joey? Oh, I don't think it's gonna happen. No. No, uh, mainly on two. Uh, there's mm-hmm. like two, you know things that made me think it's not going to happen. The biggest one is that Zach is more or less just done with mm-hmm. DC stuff. He's like, this is my last DC film thing I'm going to do, and I'm going to be done after that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be doing anything else. And the other thing is more so, so sort of, uh, I think we, we mentioned this a bit earlier, but uh, the reasoning as to why we even got the Snyder Cut was, H, uh, was Warner Brothers wanting to push the HBO Max mm-hmm. streaming service and I think I remember hearing like like the initial rumor being that they wanted something to compete with The Mandalorian on Disney Plus because The Mandalorian is definitely like the biggest selling point for Disney Plus and it's a good fucking show and everybody loves it. So they're like, "Fuck, we need something like that." Oh shit! They're running the Marvel mo- the Marvel shows. Yeah, uh, and even now, like now we have Marvel shows too, and it's like, "Oh shit, we need we need something to compete with that." Uh, uh what's something that we can get like? people to invest in on our streaming service that we have that we can make in like a in a quick amount of time uh uh what about that snyder cut thing let's just give Zack snyder a bunch of money to finish up that movie like his version of that movie and we can sell it we can sell it sell it sell it yeah i think that i think that's basically what it is um and a lot of stuff you can tell like it it just especially with the the way things are going it just isn't working and a lot of people say like you can consider that being non-canon like the Joker film and I'm like yeah but I kind of but I kind of like Shazam yeah like and even then like yeah there's there's a ton of stuff that DC essentially has now put out that's not necessarily associated with Zack Snyder's mm-hmm. films to a point 
like like we said earlier, like Aquaman has like widely different things from mm-hmm. Justice League, and especially with like Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's like it's gonna be like really, I guess, jarring, jarring, I guess, to just try to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And I think Warner Brothers is more or less just like we're gonna focus on our own stuff. Yeah, I think they're like. Like, listen, all right. What Aquaman made us a billion dollars. I think we, I think we know what we're sticking with. Yeah, right. And and there's a lot of stuff that he he has plans for the future. That I'm like, I don't know about that. Maybe he can pull it off. Maybe he can't. Like, you know, there's this hints, and I think it's confirmed in the film. I need to rewatch it. That Lois is pregnant, and then like, it had the it by the end of the, his trilogy or whatever of Justice League films, you know. They're, they would have named their, their Superman and Lois would have named their son after Bruce, who sacrificed himself, and he would have grown up to be Batman. And I'm just like, but why though? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I guess that's like interesting, but I don't know. That's given the fact that I'm that, that we might not be getting that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, compl- I'm not complaining. I mean. Yeah, also given the fact that we haven't even gotten a confirmation of a second Justice League movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, just signals that DC is still sort of like, we're just going to go on this train. Yeah. This is uh, this is the way we're going. Mm-hmm. We just put this out just to like appease the fans and get them to subscribe to our HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. I think what would be cool for them to do, this is going for DC more than Warner Brothers. Well, you know, they're owned by DC. Is that... Give Zach the ability to make his own comic. Because a lot of the stuff that I have issue with would totally work if, if it was its own universe. Like, kind of like how we have the main DC universe and we have the Injustice universe. Where Superman is an asshole and all that kind of stuff. If they gave Zach his, like, all the stuff that Zach did with these movies and just put it in comic book form. Because, like, that's, they're basically half the time shot like the comic books. Uh-huh. It could totally work, and it would sell really well. I could totally believe this Superman, uh, this universe is Superman, and, and the stuff that he does. He might not be my casual Superman, but I'm fine because I could just read the regular Superman comic. Yeah, I, I, I that would be neat uh, for them to do. But I mean, I guess that's more of like if Zach would want to do that. True, true. But you know, that's that's that's. I think that's about it that we can say. Um. What's your rating? I've thought about this for a while. And which is why we took a while to make this. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like I've thought about it and I feel like this probably gets like a 6.5 out of 10. Really? Yeah. Granted, I'm pretty sure we rated the original Justice League like at a 5 or a 4 because it's not bad. Uh, and and you know it's and I'm not saying that like this movie is bad because mm-hmm. it's not it's substantially better than the original Justice League and mm-hmm. I think but at the same time there's just a lot of like moments that like you can like just cut out it's a bit it's just way too long like honestly like if they just aim for like a three hour maybe three and a half. I no think, one would be complaining. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody would complain about that because that's that's pretty mm-hmm. good length for a movie like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just various moments and 
decisions that sort of like 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 when I said that this that this movie is Zack Snyder on a canvas, uh, it has all his good and all his bad. I mean it because there are, like the good thing the good uh, things that Zack does when he films is there, but a lot of the bad habits and flaws that he in his filmmaking are also present, and that and those flaws really sort of bring down the movie for me. But I still say it's a good movie. No, yeah, you're right. Because I have struggled with whether or not to put that point five in there. Because, because oh, like it's I did it. I did. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was it was good. But I've and I like Zach's style. But I there's also part things in Zach that when it comes to his filmmaking that I just don't agree with. Like the nightmare sequences. Why do we need to wait so much time? Why do we spend so much time with like people doing something that's just so mundane? And like it's it's not necessary. And like I'll say this for a movie that's rated R, I don't think it needs to be rated R. Realistically, no. I mean, they do add some like gory elements, like de- like decapitations and like get people getting chopped in half by a. Uh... Steppenwolf's axe. Yeah. But for the most part, like, legitimately, a lot of them are just, like, blood splatters mm-hmm. from, like, the back of the head or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, like, it's like it, people get thrown and there's, like, a blood splatter behind them. And I said this before when we were watching the movie. Like, when he's fighting with the Amazons, you ex- and he's, car- he's carrying a big-ass axe. You expect him to at least cl- cleave a horse in half, but he doesn't. Yeah, like it's weird too, because there's a lot of points where it, it feels like there's like, like this is rated R, right? Like there's like, it, it should it be like this is like three f bombs. I mean, yeah, and like even when it comes to like those those uh, gorier elements, like it doesn't happen like often. Yeah, and that you couldn't even say that like uh, when the Justice League are fighting the parademons and killing them that it's gory because, or like or like or that wouldn't be in a. That that could only happen in an R-rated movie, but it's like no. I mean, it could happen in a PG thirteen movie, especially because one, they just colored the blood differently. Yeah, the, their blood is like orange, so <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that that can fly under a PG thirteen label. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's more like I feel like the R rating is just there to like I don't know make it seem more important. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, then that's what I mean. Like, I don't. It's very. It's such a Zack Snyder thing to do because remember, Batman vs Superman had an ultimate edit, ultimate cut, and a lot of people say that one was better. But I was like, do I really? Does it really need to be R rated? No, it doesn't. Yeah, and most of those are. And again, in, in that cut, like, uh, there's only just more blood splatters, and that's about it. Yeah, and maybe Ben Affleck's ass. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is the reason for the R rating. Yes, yeah, that's just that can, that can't be seen by children. No, that's a nice ass. <laughs> yeah, but, but you don't want children seeing that, Fair right? Enough. Fair enough. Um, but you know, like I said, I enjoyed this movie, but those aspects show up and they make it apparent, and it reminds me of like why I don't like this next Zach's DC films, or why I didn't like Batman vs Superman. The thing that made me not, and, and the thing that took me away from really enjoying Man of Steel, it's still there, and it bothers me. So. I, I can't really give it as much praise as I want it because it still has those things that I really feel like, you know, Zach has. I do commend him because, like, this is a good movie. He did it for his daughter, and I'm happy that it came out well. And 
that's really I feel like that if I feel like Zach, I think you did it. If because it's for he ends with saying for autumn, and I think he did it well. Um, but there's still aspects of it that I don't really enjoy, and I'm being frank with that. I just don't really enjoy it because like that that kind of, because he has those elements that you still see that really kind of ruin most of those films for him. And, but you know, I still enjoyed it at the end of the day. Um, I'm not crazy about it like I am with like some like I was with Shazam, um, Wonder the first Wonder Woman film, good chunk of the Marvel films. Like it, it's still not there yet. But I think, you know, a lot of people say, like, if we get them to uh, Justice League 2, it'd be a lot better. I don't know, because I don't not, I don't, I'd rather not watch a five-hour cut of that movie. Yeah. Because I would expect it to be that long. But, you know, like I said, I, I really struggled with the rating, because, like, I don't want to give it a point five, but I have no other choice but to give it a point five. Uh, I'm with you on the 6.5. Um, we're both basically saying it's a 7, but the, the, the stuff that's pulling it back is, like, Ah, uh, you kind of don't want to give it a full seven, right? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's your that's that's your explanation. I have yeah. no, I mean, I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna hate us for giving it that. Um, I mean, well, yeah, given our rationale for it, mm-hmm. I mean, but the internet is the internet, and it will. If it if you aren't saying that it's trash or if you're not say, if you aren't giving it a one or you're not giving it a ten, then your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, but um no, but honestly, I've seen I've seen a lot more. I think on Rotten Tomatoes it's a seven, right? It's in like seventy five percent. Yeah. Yeah, which and that's not that's not that far off from where we're at. No, we're in sort of the range more or less. Mm-hmm. And you know the fan the user the users are like like ninety, but the, you know I feel like half of those are like people that. You know, just mindless fanboys. Yeah, I don't. I didn't want to say that, but yeah. But you know, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's still a good movie, and I feel like people. That's if that's what you want it to be. That's what you that you're getting your worth. Um, for us, it's it's good, but there's still a lot of stuff that holds it back. That's all I'm saying. But um, you know, thank you guys for checking this out. Um, this is the end of the episode. Uh, obligatory stuff that I have to say. Which is like follow us on all social media at the Geek Centurions. You have an Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, just type in the Geek Centurions. You'll find us. If you go to our Instagram, we have a link tree. The links to all of our podcasting sites that we are officially in, like Castbox, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, all that good stuff. And there's also a link to the YouTube, so you can watch, you know, our ugly mugs for for all you audio listeners out there. You can probably put you can put a face to the voice there you know like comment subscribe hit the bell icon all the kind of stuff that you expect to hear from um youtube is there support us there's you know we we happily see you guys support us there as well also we do have a patreon where you can support us that way you do get some perks here and there but you know it's it's a lot it's reasonable for us reasonable for everyone to enjoy and and we can still make a lot of the content that we enjoy we, we and there's a lot of stuff we want to do, and hopefully you guys can help us out with that too. Um, but yeah, that's our review for the Snyder Cut. It's finally done. It's finally over. I can finally wake up from this waking nightmare. Oh wait, it's not a nightmare anymore. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like uh, you know, uh, you know, for it was a pleasant dream. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, just uh, it's just the. Uh... 
you know, for I guess all those DC fans uh, petitioning for that stuff. I mean, they got what they wanted. They got what they wanted, and I'm happy for y'all. Yeah. And for us, it was pleasant. Like I said, pleasant news. Anyways, guys, it's been your boy. It's me, Joe. It's been your boy, Eli. We had these concerns and hope you guys enjoyed our thoughts on the Snyder Cut. If you didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you did, thank you. Uh, yeah, so everyone have a good one. Uh, hope you guys are safe. Peace.